This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Let's get into some spy time. Agent, you are joining a clandestine meeting in progress. You will now be read into sensitive programs in real time. Do not communicate this information with any other assets in the field. This is spy time. We got Mike Baker with us now. He is a former CIA covert operations officer and president of Diligence LLC, a global intelligence and security firm. He is at MB Company Man on Twitter. Mike, great to have you. Oh, thanks, Buck. Good, uh, good talking to you. It's been a while since we last got together. Yeah, brother. It's good, good to hear from you. So let's. I want to get your your the rundown with you on a whole bunch of things here. First off, the the news from the last twenty four that we have to hit this commutation of Manning sentence. You had a top secret clearance. I had a top secret clearance. What do you think about all this? Uh, well, I think it's disgusting. I think it's uh, shameful. I think it's, um, unfortunately, it's not surprising. So I think maybe that's start out that way. Uh, but it, um, it, it, it's, I think Obama's pandering to the hard left at its worst, I think is what's happened here. And, you know, given how upset he was, and continues to be over the hacking of the Podesta emails and DNC. Um, apparently, that's where he draws the line. He doesn't draw the line at handing over a trove of classified documents that then resulted in a variety of bad things for people, uh, for our national security interests. And the Obama administration's rationale for this, you think, is what? I mean, do you think the LBGTQ aspect of Formerly Bradley, now Chelsea Manning, the, the politics around that played a big role in this, or you think that this might have happened even without uh, Mr. Manning's transition? So I think it, I think it played a role. I don't know that it was a big role, but I think it undoubtedly. I think anyone who says it didn't, I think it's just uh, being willfully naive. I think it played a role. I think the fact that he tried to off himself a couple of times, um, you know, probably did that. It created sort of this this image of this poor, uh, mistaken, you know, confused waif. Um, that, uh, you know, if it was a, a less sympathetic, perhaps, character for that, you know, portion of society that looks at that and says, oh, my God, we have to help this individual. Um, so I think that played a role. I think um, it's also, it's, it's an indication, I think, that the, the, the outgoing president uh, never really has had either an appreciation, perhaps a full understanding of, of how... Um, how the world out there works. You know, I, I mean, I think I, I'm not saying he's not a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. Um, but I think in real terms, you know, to dismiss what Manning did and the consequences of that and what happened, um, I, I think shows either to willful ignorance or, or a naivete. Now, what's your take as, as a former uh, agency ops guy, Mike? What's your take on the former MI6 individual who is 
reportedly, based on what we see in the news, behind this dossier, the dossier, which is now the word Everett has to use for this, on yes, Trump. Yeah. This the, this whole thing seemed super sketchy to me from go. And I'll be honest, you know, the inclusion of this information in an intel briefing also struck me as odd beyond explanation unless there was something political going on. But I, I want your take on, on just that whole situation. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the look. I, I, I spent what seventeen years um, with the agency and the operations group. I spent uh, since then, you know, over a dozen years building up a, a private intelligence organization um, in the commercial sector that has offices in London and a variety of places around the world. Um, I'm a dual citizen of the U.S. and the U.K. I started my private business with a very good friend of mine who came out of the uh, British Intel Service. I guess the reason for saying all that is I know the, the world pretty well. And I can tell you that the world of political opposition research is full of sketchy, dodgy individuals putting out a lot of crap. And um, so, first of all, the material itself, or the dossier, I guess you're right, we have to use that term, is, uh, is, is just a, it's, it's a load of crap. And um, I love the idea that you know, the, the, the media that was desperate to show how serious this dossier was, um, they, they also, part of their narrative was, well, but look, uh, Christopher Steele, he, he was so concerned about the information that he worked for free for a period of time. Well, of course he did, because no one's going to pay him for this crap. So, you know, I, I, I think there's that to, to, to start with. I agree with you that including it was I've never heard or seen something like that before, where you would take um, something that was so lacking in credibility, lacking in backing and sourcing, and, and fold it into a very, very serious top-level uh, intelligence briefing. And, so and just, that, to, just so to add this in, Mike, that's already out there by everyone's admission in the public domain, circulating on the unclassified side between people's private email accounts all over D.C., right? So it wasn't even... Yeah, yeah. This we can't verify this, but hey, this is super sensitive. No one's heard of this. You should know about it. It was yeah. This has been making the rounds for months. A lot of journalists have it. Just wanted to, just want to give you a heads up. It just seemed bizarre. Yeah, it is. It is bizarre. There's no other way to put it. And and the, the idea that you know we've we've heard uh, that was uh, given the reason was given was that you know somehow we just wanted to make sure that the president elect was aware of this information and could what act on it. Uh, you think so? What are you talking about? I I think it's you know that that part of it uh, is is very uh, odd, but uh, and again I'd, it's above my pay grade to figure out why their specific reasons or what their specific reasons actually were for doing it. Maybe they were. Who knows? Maybe they were just being thorough and they thought we'll, we'll do this. And uh, but i it's it's I can't think of any other word for it. It's just really really odd. Wouldn't be the first time if it happened that my fellow analysts made a made a boo boo, but I digress. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you about the <laughs> incoming. Yeah, we've we've been known to make a mistake here and there, as you know. Uh, but I, I want to ask you about the incoming Trump team. New York Times today writing a piece because anything that makes the Trump administration look bad before it's even administration uh, makes the New York Times look good, I suppose. Trump mm. national security team gets a slow start. They're saying they're, that the Obama administration has written two hundred seventy five. Uh, briefing papers, over a thousand pages of classified material, according to the Times here. And they don't know if the Trump people have read any of it. And they're saying that the whole transition on the national security side is a mess. What do you think? Well, I think that's not correct. Um, I know some of the folks that are coming in and filling in slots in the sort of the second and third tier 
Um, and, you know, they're very good people. They're very focused. They've got a lot of drive and, and, you know, they, uh, they're very professional. So, um, I, I sort of this, this self-righteous attitude of the, uh, of the Obama administration about the transition is it's a lot of crap as well. Look, the, the Bush administration, um, and, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of the folks that were in the, the previous administration, they did an outstanding job of, of paving the way for President Obama to come in um, after his, his first election win. And, I mean, they worked uh, their asses off to ensure that that transition would go smoothly. This administration, the Obama administration, not so much in terms of doing everything they can. So I'm not buying this idea that they're all sitting around producing briefing papers and they're, they're just waiting for somebody from the incoming administration to show up so that they can you know, uh, help them out. I, I, I'm not buying that at all. I think they're being, um, if they're not being obstructionist, they're just not being helpful. They're being petulant uh, and they're all busy um, looking for other jobs now. Now, the relationship between the Trump team, Trump himself and Putin specifically, but just the Russian uh, government more generally has gotten a lot of media coverage recently, of course, because of the hack of Podesta's email account, and the DNC account. Mm-hmm. Everyone is now all in a tizzy about Russia, at least in the media. They're freaked out about this, constantly running stories on uh, people have never learned so much in their lives about the FSB and the Kremlin <laughs> and the Duma and Putin. And well, this is, this a is a constant experts out there now. Yeah, exactly. A, a lot of people now are brushing up on the Russian. Uh, but I want to ask you what you think the administration's posture should be. Uh, the fact that Putin is is a strong man and a thug and that Russia plays dirty. This isn't new at all. This is just Russia. So I think it's interesting that they're exactly. reporting on this like there's been some big change. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very bizarre, surreal situation right now where you have, you know, someone like Samantha Power, you know, exiting from her position as the U.N. ambassador, giving a speech talking about how, you know, they've, they've really been trying to, you know, be tough on Russia. And, you know, Russia's been constantly, you know, um, uh, breaking with, uh, you know, will community goals and, and you know, the, uh, somehow giving the impression that the Obama administration has really held their feet to the fire of all these years. That's that's something new. Uh, look, the reason why Russia has been in, engaged in sort of the shenanigans and aggressive behavior they have been uh, is because for the past eight years, there's been no pushback um, of any real substance. They like that the current administration likes to point to the sanctions. Well, you know, in reality, those sanctions have not damaged Putin uh, in any significant manner. They've been they've found workarounds. So, you know, and you're right. Russia's been doing this forever. You go back to 1941 and and. Back when the, uh, the the Russians had still had a pact with the Nazis, an alliance with the Nazis, and the Russians spent at that time a great deal of time, money, and effort here in the U.S. influencing U.S. public opinion and political activity. Because what did they want? They wanted the U.S. to stay out of the war, and so they were engaged in buying off journalists and placing articles. They were engaged in setting up associations, supposedly independent groups that were supporting isolationist policies but they were funded by the Russians. They were engaged in meddling and, and directing union activity uh, on behalf of this, this agenda of theirs. So they've been doing this for, for a very long time, as you pointed out. Um, I think what you have to do with, with, with Putin is just treat him as sort of the simple cat that he is. Right? He's always going to do what he believes is in the best interest of Russia. He, he always will believe that the collapse of the Soviet Union was disastrous, and he'll want to put back in place some 
level of influence. Um, he's not going to do it solely by territory, but other ways. Um, and so as long as we deal with him in that manner, I think we're fine, you know, and, and sure, that means you know, when we can, let's try to make sure the relationship's on, you know, steady footing, but we should never, and this administration, and to be fair, the Bush administration, you know, they somehow thought that they could work with him and that we, we would have similar interests and then, and those interests would align on a regular basis and that we could work together. And that, that's just not going to be the case. And when it comes to the intelligence community, a lot has been made of the feud between Trump and the IC. I try to point out that it's really Trump and what he presumes are very senior leaks from the people running different agencies in the IC. You know, Trump isn't calling out every every GS10 employee and saying, you know, you're a clown, you're the worst. Right? I mean, it's not really. It's it's really between people that are political appointees and the incoming administration, or at least that's how I read it. Uh, what do you think the what do, if you were advising? Uh, the the incoming president on what could be done with the IC. He's thinking about, uh, at least the reports, he may restructure some of it. They may shrink the size of the NSC. They may make the intel community a little smaller, a little leaner and meaner. Do you, do you see room for that? Does that strike you as area for improvement? What do you think What do you think about some, some of the changes that, that he's talked about? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's a great question. It's a great point. And I think that, uh, look, these things have been discussed over the years, right? So, when and, and some of this was lost, right? It, it got lost as it often does in his in, in, in sort of the storm that surfaces around each tweet. So he has this perceived battle with the intelligence community, you know, in, in, in the Twitter sphere. And what gets lost is that during the course of those few days, they were talking. The incoming administration was talking about things such as, you know, should we look at the effectiveness of the DNI? Does it need to be restructured or dismantled? Um, we should look at devoting more time and effort to uh, the, the human reporting from the CIA rather than, you know, the technical collection. Uh, those are things that, that have been discussed, not, you know, just now, but over the past decade. And it's, it's cyclical, certainly with the CIA, and you know this, uh, that, I mean, you think after 9-11, you know, suddenly, you know, the command came down from on high that, look, you guys got you to you get more cadre. You've got to get more operations officers who can actually go out and recruit humans as opposed to this reliance on S&T. And, and that, so that, that happens periodically. Uh, I think those things are all good. I think that we should look at the effectiveness of, of the, uh, the DNI. I think that was put together, not necessarily in the knee-jerk fashion, but it was certainly put together um, after Under duress. <laughs> under duress, exactly. And I think that you know, it, it would be sound to do a professional assessment of the effectiveness of it. It would be sound to look at potential redundancies within the intel community and see whether we can, as you said, you know, make it sharper, meaner, leader. And I, I, so those things are smart. And I think that um, they, you know, if they do that in the proper fashion, and if they, you know, I, what I would love to see is I'd love them to see them go over the language. I'd love them to see them have a have a, you know, have a, a meeting over there. You know, all hands meeting and and uh, you know just create that that environment where. The folks know that they've got top cover. Well, they know that there's an appreciation and there's an interest because, you know, everybody's human. And even though I think people are smart enough to understand it on one level, I think, you know, that, you know, that the notion that they're coming in with kind of a predetermined attitude towards the intel community, he's got to work to write that a little bit, I think. I hope he does. I hope he does, too. Mike Baker is a former CIA covert operations officer. He's the president of Diligence, which is a global intelligence and security firm. He is at MB Company Man on Twitter. My Langley brother, Mike, great to have you, sir. Come back soon. Thank you, man. Love the show. Thank you very much, Buck. Take care. Take care, brother.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 